Welcome back to The Conquer Approach. I appreciate you so much for tuning in. Today, I have an amazing, amazing episode. Stay tuned to the end because there's so much gold and value in this episode. I have a special guest, Dr. Anthony Balduzzi. He is the founder and CEO of the Fit Father Project and the Fit Mother Project. He also experienced a pivotal moment in his childhood when he watched his father work relentlessly only to succumb to an illness and pass away at the young age of 42. Anthony was just nine years old at the time. This life-changing event inspired Dr. Balduzzi to dedicate his life to helping busy fathers and mothers lose weight, develop healthier habits, build muscle, improve their overall health and well-being of themselves and for their families. As a licensed naturopathic doctor in Arizona, Dr. Balduzzi holds dual degrees in nutrition and psychology from the University of Pennsylvania. In addition to his academic achievement, he's a former national champion bodybuilder. Through his unwavering commitments and efforts, Dr. Balduzzi has successfully helped over 60,000 families across a hundred different countries with his Fit Father and Fit Mother programs. He also has over 600,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel, Fit Father Project. Subscribe to his channel to get more great value that you're going to get from this podcast. In this episode, we cover a vast amount of topics that have to do with health and mental health. We're going to talk about Anthony's story. He's going to break down what, how he started and why he started the Fit Father Project, the connection of mind and body, how to develop sleeping habits that actually are effective, and how sleep is so important to our health and our well-being and our recovery. We're going to talk about the design of our bodies, the power of intermittent fasting, the power of healthy nutrition, and effective ways to start implementing new healthier habits when it comes to nutrition and how that affects our mind, our body, our gut, and our overall wellness. Stay tuned and let's get into the episode. Those that achieve and sustain lifelong great health have key habits and routines in the area of their sleep and restoration in their food intake and nutrition, and in their exercise and movement. Like if these are three categories, they have habits in there. And like the mindset goes all the way through each of those. There is not just like clarity on what to do, but there's the relationship to why that's important. The first and best victory is to conquer self. Welcome to the Conquer Approach, a journey of self-mastery to cultivate our faith mindset, wellness, and to allow our light to shine upon the world. Brought to you by me, your host, faithful believer, U.S. Navy submarine veteran and coach, Musa Mikhail. Let's conquer. All right. Thank you, Dr. Balduzzi, for joining me on the Conquer Approach. It's such an honor and pleasure to have you. I'm happy to be here, bro. I can feel this is going to be a good one. Oh, yeah, man. I'm super excited because what you do is something I'm extremely passionate about. And it's one of the big things that I talk about on this podcast. And it's a huge part of the Conqueror approach. It's mastering the, the health and wellness aspect, uh, which, mm -hmm. which is highly connected to your mindset. And you do such a brilliant job at communicating that and sharing that uh, with your YouTube and your content. And, and I love what you're doing with the Fit Father Project. Uh, because it's not just a business for you. It's not just a way to uh, get clients, but you really have a strong 
uh, sense of heart and soul when you, that you put into your work. And I love it. And I, it resonates with uh, resonates deeply with me. Uh, and I'd love for you to share a little bit about that, your story, uh, the story of your father and, and how you kind of created the Fit Father Project and, and what led you to be a health and fitness expert. For sure. And I want to say just, I think it's really cool that you being the host of this conversation, you are a picture and a resonance of like alignment, health and wellness in terms of how you look, present all of it. So it's just like, awesome. We're going to have a, a great that. one here. All right. So, you know, growing up, I, I grew up like most kids, you know, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Maybe be a, you know, pro athlete kind of thing. I spent my early early years born in upstate New York and loved to be outside riding my bike, playing tag and doing all that kind of stuff. What was unique about my childhood is at the same time, I got to witness my dad basically working his butt off to put food on the table for us. I watched him, you know, long hours at work and not exactly prioritizing his health and fitness routines in the process. And it was around time when I was maybe around six where my dad had his first grand mal brain seizure. You know, he like fell over, seized, and just be able to witness what that was like from a young age to see like my dad, my superhero, like in such a vulnerable position impressed in my mind that, you know, this is really not good and really not right. Uh, and that ended up being the the day he got his cancer diagnosis. He had brain cancer. And over the past, uh, the several years past that, I basically watched my dad's health completely deteriorate. He had multiple different kinds of brain surgeries, radiation, chemotherapy, and he ended up dying when he was 42 years old. And I was nine at the time. And I suppose there's many things that happen when you lose a father young. Um, one of those things is a lot of pain in introspection. You start asking like many of those big questions, like what's going on, God, you know, what's the purpose of, of all of this? And like, how am I going to get better? But one of the things that impressed me most from that time is I got to realize from a very young age, how foundational our health is to the rest of our lives, especially as men and providers, you know, you can spend so much time really trying to focus externally on generating wealth and income to provide but at the same time, if in that process of that, you become so overwhelmed that you lose your connection to your own personal habits and practices and stuff that keeps you well, like what was it all worth? I watched my dad lose everything that he loved, his ability to be with me, my mom, my little brother, to show up to work, to pursue his passions and hobbies, and you know, just to have a fully expressed life. And I know now my dad did not want to die, but he did. And I suppose the silver lining, the gift was how much that impressed me at a young age that when I was 10 years old, a couple months after my dad died, I got a pair of my dad's dumbbells as a gift. And I was able to start using those to train. And it's not like I had any real idea what I was doing at the time, but I would put those dumbbells underneath my bed and pull them out, put a little Walkman on. I had a couple like songs that really motivated me at the time. And, and I put those on and I would do push-ups and curls. And I just, I guess I was just trying to get out some of this inner angst and pain that I was having and express that. But also I had an intuitive sense that I wanted to figure out how to keep this body healthy because this is clearly the vehicle that we need to maintain if we want to have a long life and a lot of impact. And it was clearly didn't go right with my dad. So there must be something I could do. And in my mind, it was to become so strong that cancer couldn't get me. And so I started training. What I found out is I started to train. I started to physically, emotionally, and spiritually heal. I was exerting personal power in the face of pain. I was taking actions and choices. I was also found that when I was physically like exerting, it was easier to not be sad. And I started to build and get stronger. And as I got into high school, I ended up finding out that I was like getting quite strong. 
you know, I went to an all boys Catholic school, so no girls. So the benefit of that is I like what guys cared about is kind of like being good at sports, lifting weights and doing good in school. So I started to get a little sense of identity. It's like, wow, you know, I'm actually like this fitness stuff. This is cool. And other people are asking me things. So it became a passion that I could start to identify with at a young age and then start to serve people with. And then that that led me into many, many years of getting very interested in like competitive fitness. I was a bodybuilder for about eight years throughout my late teens into my early 20s. And then when I got into medical school, I saw the same people walking in the door of the clinic, just like my dad. I mean, they didn't always have cancer diagnoses, but it was the same story. The busyness of life had made it such that they weren't maintaining regular health routines with their nutrition, their sleep, their exercise. They weren't managing stress. There were lots of environmental influences, and they were getting chronic diagnoses that were completely avoidable with some changes and pivots to their actual lifestyle. And so insofar as I was helping people treat specific conditions, whether it was the heart or blood sugar dysregulation, autoimmune issues, I was also really looking at what is the through line here? What is the behavioral aspect, the psychological aspect? Where is the integrated approach that can help people? And so I was devising this plan and this concept that eventually was birthed a couple of years later as the Fit Father Project. And we've been running that now for over 10 years. And we've had over 50,000 dads in over 100 countries go through our programs and really transform their lives. And as you mentioned, it's so appropriate that I'm speaking right now to a self-awareness coach and, and master of this, this bridging this inner and outer world game is like health interfaces with every area of our being because it's tied to our ways that we deal with stress. It's tied to our escape mechanisms in life. It's tied to how we self-regulate. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's tied to our sense of identity and our goals. And it's also something that's like an iterative thing that we approach every single day. Every day, we are putting things into our mouth. We're choosing whether or not to move our bodies. We're having this kind of sleep cycle that the body and God's design kind of demands. So it's something we face every single day. And the benefit of that is this could be our dojo for up-leveling constantly and getting ourselves aligned. Or on the converse, this could be something that continues to drag us down, keeps us, keeps us stuck. But there's also a hero's journey in here. And that's what I help guys walk, particularly middle-aged guys who have families and life life responsibilities and haven't figured fitness out. I help them figure out how to become the hero of their journey, walk this fitness path so they become sharper mentally, physically lighter, and spiritually aligned. Because the undertone of this message and what we're going to share outside of the specific fitness like hacks and tips and strategies is that I believe each of us to conquer and to have this fully expressed life we want to be expressed in all the layers of our being, the mental aspects in terms of the work we do in the world, what stimulates us and how we serve, the emotional aspects in terms of how we connect with one another and with ourselves, and the physical aspect, what our body looks and feels like. Is it energized? Is it light? Is it in pain? What's it going to look like in 20 years from now? And when those pieces come together, I think what we experience is often described as spiritual alignment, the alignment when we feel like, okay, we're walking this high path consciously. It's certainly not perfect, but we're moving in the right direction. And if we look around right now at what's going on in the world, people are deficient in many of these areas. And certainly 50% plus of people are massively deficient in the health area. And there's so many different noxious external influences. The food is so crap and devoid of nutrients and high in calories. We're getting lazier in some sense due to our reliance on technology and addiction to phones. We get busy and it's hard to find time to exercise. So like, this is a big problem that's affecting us. And if we do nothing, what ends up looking like is being overweight on prescription medications, a part of the system and it's crap. 
So speaking now, I guess, yeah. as a naturopathic doctor too, I believe that the root cause comes down to fixing these fundamental inputs in the, in the areas of sleep, nutrition, exercise, and mindset. And like, I figured out ways that work for busy dads. And I'm obviously massively passionate from my dad's own memory, but also because what that memory now represents in terms of the lives that are being changed by guys saying, yep, I see what's going on. I want to be a fit father for myself and my family. So that's the flag that I'm waving. And that's the cheerleader that I am today is to be able to be here. And I'm grateful for that to share this message as well as some legitimately helpful stuff on how to make health more simple and actually sustainable. Man, I love it. There, there's so much into that that, you know, I want to dive deep in because I, I resonate a lot with your story. Uh, and I, I don't talk about it too much, but the people that know me understand that when I was in high school, my father passed away and I saw a lot of the same things that you did. A lot of bad health habits over the time. And, you know, when you're really young, you don't really notice it. But as I got older, I recognized it. The two uh, most influential men in my life, my uncle passed away from heart, a heart attack. Uh, when I was about nine. And then my dad passed away from lung cancer at 16. And they were both not healthy. You know, they're great men, but they were not healthy. And they did not prioritize health. And, and it's a struggle. It's a struggle. And over time, over years, you might not notice it, but your dad was 42 years young. You're like that, that hurts. That's a, there's a lot of pain there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure he... It, it wasn't conscious for him a lot of the time. And I yeah. love that you, you mentioned the conscious alignment because it, we have to make these things conscious. Mm -hmm. and, and just like Carl Jung said, until we make the unconscious conscious, it will direct our life. Yep. And, and most people's health habits are completely unconscious. Mm -hmm. They're not even conscious that they're sleeping five hours or four hours when they shouldn't be sleeping more or that... Mm -hmm. They're, they're not conscious that they're sitting down for 10 hours a day when they need to be moving a little bit more. They don't, they're not even conscious that there's cancerous part, carcinogens in their food, yeah. their preservatives and all these weird things that nobody understands or knows how to, you know, even pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> but we're eating it every day and, and you're just, it's a, it's a compounding effect of things yeah. uh, that, you know, just, just make things worse. Once your physical health is worth it, it affects your mental health. And then when your mental health's out of a, you know, out of a healthy state, it continues and affects your physical health. Itself. And then, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it affects your sleep more. And then the less healthy you are, the less sleep you get. And then the more stress you are. And it's just like this concoction of terrible habits that lead to the modern man. Yeah. And, and, you know, from some of the things I see, you probably have the better accurate representation, but, you know, more than half of people yeah. are obese, you know? And it, it's like even closer to, you know, two thirds, yeah. I think from the statistics I've seen and studied. Uh, so it's like, what, what are some of the key things? I know you mentioned it briefly, but let's go into a little bit more. The key things on achieving true health mm -hmm. uh, and, and recreating our, our mind around these habits. Because, you know, you have a, a big why, and I think that's important too. Uh, but what do you think about what is the, 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 change in mindset to really start implementing these healthier habits? Right. Well, I, I think the way to approach this discussion is those that achieve and sustain lifelong great health have key habits and routines in the area of their sleep and restoration, in their food intake and nutrition, and in their exercise and movement. Like if these are three categories, they have habits in there. And like the mindset goes all the way through each of those. 
there is not just like clarity on what to do, but there's the relationship to why that's important. And so one of the things that we do inside of our fit father approach before anyone goes into any of those categories and looks at like the how to prescriptive ideas of routines is to do a deep self-awareness assessment where we can start to build some new neuro associations to why health is important. Because I think if you ask guys who are struggling with their health right now for them to verbalize why they haven't achieved what they want, they're going to tell you a number of couple common things. One, it's like, oh, you know, I'm just too busy. I just don't have time to get to it. Or, you know, XYZ hurts or I have this kind of limitation and it's just not possible for me anymore. Um, or, you know, it's like, it's like a busy, it's a time, uh, or, you know, even just like, I just don't feel motivated. Don't feel any fire inwards to like energy to even get up and like get started. How do you even start to change something if you want to, but you don't even feel like you have the energy and zest? Well, where does that energy and zest come from? It's not just like, there's a physical aspect to having energy, but there's also an energy that is generated when we get clear and aligned with our values. And this is wired into the brain itself. Some of our motivational circuits in our limbic system, that squirt dopamine, this neurotransmitter that gets us like excited to continue to pursue things. Like these are activated when we get clear on why these areas are important. So one thing I like to have people do is kind of collapse down the idea that your health is any different than the rest of your life. We are embodied beings. We have these bodies. They're like body vehicles. And everywhere we go, we take these bodies. And then everything that we experience is filtered through these gates of these senses and comes into this whole body-mind vehicle that we do have. And so the quality of the vehicle that you're cruising around in in life is going to ultimately color and shape every experience and how you relate to it. And so that's pretty fundamental. If we can have a better operating system, we can certainly have both more enjoyment and more effective action into the world. So like, that's a good benefit. But I think even more so when we have people consciously say what their core values are. So like, what do you value? Well, maybe it's like making an impact in the world. I value my family. I value my connection to God. I value wealth and abundance. And I value having really a lot of fun pursuing the things I love. So if we write those five things down, those are someone's conscious assessment of what their values are. And now we need to start to build some neuro associations to those categories of sleep, nutrition, and exercise about how each of those areas and our current habits relate to those values. We're creating a consistency kind of like effect in the mind. So like how does how you're currently eating affect your ability to show up and make money with your job? If you value money, you value wealth, you value service. So how is that affecting that? Well, when I don't eat right the foods, my blood sugar is like constantly all over the place and I feel tired in the middle of the day and then I don't feel nearly as motivated to work. And I also find that I'm like a little brain foggy all the time and it's hard to concentrate. So I have to go get more coffee and I know that's not good for me long-term. Or as it relates to maybe being a good parent, if that's a value, well, I notice that my kids are starting to like adopt my kind of habits and they're not eating as well as they could be. And they're starting to gain some weight and they seem to be addicted to their phones. And I wonder if that's because they don't see me ever get out and exercise. Or maybe it's related to the value of like spirituality. Maybe someone feels that, I guess, they don't feel like aligned and they know they're not doing the best with this like body tempo and like that feels out of alignment. What we're trying to do is build new neuro associations because as you intimately know from like positive psychology and change psychology, there is absolutely resistance to making any degree of change. It requires energy in terms of new inputs, new decisions, gaining clarity and getting some emotional power behind that. And so we must actually load this tank with more emotional power by going through a self-awareness and consciousness practice of bringing forward what we actually care about on a deep level and connecting it to our core values, but also using the lever of pain. 
pain is massively motivating for the human psyche. And if we can forecast out like, okay, so what's going to happen if I don't make any changes? What's going to happen to my kids if I don't make any changes? Well, honestly, maybe I won't even be around to see my grandkids grow up. Does that matter to me? Yeah, actually it kind of does. Or maybe I won't actually be able to get the degree of position or achieve the kind of impact I want in my life because when I'm 50, I'm just debilitated with joint pain and I'm on medications and I just feel lethargic. I don't feel confident. Or maybe if I don't get my body right, I'll just feel like by the time I'm 60, I never like achieve that kind of like look and feel in the mirror that I've always deeply wanted to experience. Or maybe it's affecting intimacy in my primary relationship of my marriage. What we're doing is we're creating a canvas and a tapestry that's going to help collapse down the idea that your health and fitness and your routines and behaviors in these key categories is any different than the rest of your life. And the people who succeed long-term, they collapse those things down and they develop a health operating system of these simple rhythms that get basically just interwoven into how you live your life. They don't actually take more time. And in fact, they can actually give you more energy because guess what? When you eat right, you get more energy. When you train a couple times a week, you get more energy and stress resilience. And when you're doing those things, you feel more motivated and happy because you're getting all these positive neurochemicals that are being released as well as you just feel like aligned in the process. So like it all becomes additive in this kind of positive momentum. Now, the way of shifting that is profound. It is a hero's journey. Make no, no mistake about it. Like it requires certain inputs, certain strategies, and a deep commitment to why this is important. But it all starts with the why. That's the internal reservoir. Because what happens if people don't do this deeper in their work and they're like, I want to lose some weight because I have family vacation coming up and like, I just don't want to yeah. look this fat on the beach. I just that want to look less. Like a little bit, right? I mean, <laughs> what happens in like, in like three weeks when a big work project comes up and you're super stressed out, you get home from work and you're like, oh, it was a big day. Like, I'm just going to throw in the, the microwavable pizza, right? I mean, that's the easy default mode because you don't have a nutrition plan in place. You don't have a strong enough connection to why that pizza is not actually serving you in these deep foundational core value levels. And then you do that. You have the pizza, you're bloated the next day. And what are you going to do? Well, you're probably going to have a crappy breakfast or a double shot of espresso to get yourself going. And then the momentum goes. So we need to create this deeper layer of emotional connection that is absolutely essential. That is That is one of the things I think is the most powerful because. A lot of people, they're, they're short-sighted when it comes to their health and what they want to create. Because if you do think about your kids or your future kids or your wife or your, you know, your purpose, your, even if it's just like your, your mission, your, your career, and you think about the, the consequences of that, if you don't take care of yourself, that puts it in a different perspective than... Well, it's quicker to go to McDonald's drive-through mm -hmm. than it is yes. to do something else. Yeah, that's short term, but you know, if if we had a conscious mind, like I can only imagine if if uh, someone like my father thought, okay, right. am I going to be around for my graduation, my military service, my buying, you know, my accomplishments, and my you know, my future kids, whatever the case is. If you think in that term, like a long end in mind view it will shift what you think about right now. And it's like, well, I don't necessarily want to eat a salad because it's not the best tasting thing in the world. It could be really good if you know how to make good salad. Yeah. <laughs> you, you make that decision now for the long-term mm -hmm. investment. Yeah. And, and that's the thing I, I think is good that you mentioned because pe people say they don't have time to work out. But it's really that you you don't have time to not work out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you don't ha you have time you don't have time to not do this work. Mm 
mm-hmm. and to not take care of yourself. Because if if your goal is to be a, success, a successful business person or even a good, you know, just a, a, be there for your kids or be there for whatever uh, vision you have in life, you need energy yeah. and you need, you need to have your health to be able to do the things you dream of doing. Yeah. And you know, you know, some people, you know, they retired, they're in such bad shape. They haven't taken care of themselves for decades. They haven't worked out their muscles in years. And then they came and enjoy their retirement years that they worked decades and sacrificed so much for. for sure. And it's just, it's just really sad to see. But then I see, I, I do see people who do, who do the work and who are in their 60s, their 70s. I just watched a documentary on Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. This guy is 75 years old. He looks he's jacked. jacked. He's, he's in like great better, He's better than he was when he was maybe even 60. Like yeah, he looks great too. Yeah. And he, he's still doing, he's still very active. He talks about how his, his health is very important to him. Um, but then it's like, I see other people. I've seen people in my family who are in their 60s who could barely like make it upstairs. Yeah. And it's like, well, what's the difference? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the things you're teaching here. Yeah, you're right. right. And, and the compounding effect is massive. And starting early is massive. You start to build up this bank, you get a lot of benefits. Because the truth is, the ill health that you're seeing manifesting in someone in their 60s started in their 20s, 30s, 40s. It just like expresses later on. Like, look, we are having an explosion of Alzheimer's and dementia, whether you have aging parents that are still alive or you're even concerned about your cognitive health, like it's getting bad. And the reason it's getting bad is because we have such a shit diet that is so much sugar and these glycated products are ending up in our brains causing plaques and inflammation. And it's like directly a result of our habits today that will reap consequences tomorrow. So that seems important. Also, people to strength train, another reason, right? You get your whole metabolic and muscular engine. You start to build that up. That's going to be able to help you stay leaner into old age, have more energy and vitality, better hormone production as you actually enjoy those quote-unquote golden years, as you mentioned. It's just all of this is so, so massively connected. And here's the crazy thing. At least on the nutrition side of things, you're going to eat anyways. All I'm asking you is to consider what it would look like to make better better in-slot items. Like whatever your breakfast is, let's talk about how to make it like way better and you still enjoy it. Whatever your lunch is, let's talk to you how you make it way better and still enjoy it. And when you can install this new default of like a higher level of quality that's still simple, still fits your schedule. Yes, it's going to be different than what you're doing, but that's a good thing because this is going to be different, better, but it can still be like really enjoyable, satisfying, fit a busy life. And if you get these best in slot items, you're going to be stacking that constantly for like the rest of your life. If you get a solid breakfast and lunch plan in place, one that doesn't require a lot of thought bias because you're busy like me, we want to get moving and want to have good flow to our day, then like that can pay you back for the rest of your life. And if you're someone right now who's experiencing any amount of like regular fatigue throughout the day, Mm -hmm. like if you feel like you need to nap or you feel like foggy or you feel like you just don't have energy during a certain time of the day, it is a sign of metabolic dysregulation. And imagine what it would be like if your life, if you got two hours of productive energy back a day, like that's like over the course of a work week, that's only, that's 10 hours. But over the course of a lifetime, well, you do the math. I don't know, thousands of tens of thousands of hours of stuff that you could do potentially enjoying and creating. Like what more is there than this experience of like, of time, energized, clear time. So it's like, I hope people are starting to see that the price of this stuff of not doing it, the cost is absolutely massive. And that's also like the cost. If you just look at the dollar amount of certain kind of unhealthy foods, they're way cheaper than healthy foods. 
if you're looking at the price tag lens. But we're shifting the mindset here to be like, this is an investment into my body, mind, vehicle. This is an investment into my alignment. And if you get there, now you have a lot more power. Now, look, it's good to talk about lip service. We did a philosophical talk here, and that's good. But to actually make the changes, you need to get into the dojo, take mm -hmm. action. And as you take action, you're getting positive reinforcement. You're getting feedback loops. In the process of that action, you're actually rewiring your brain. You're creating the new neuro associations. And then you get to a point where you're probably a lot like you and me, where you've done it for so long. The benefits are so implicit. You know, they're so deep into us. And maybe even the identity is shifted to the point where there's the, I believe I am the person who does these things and it'd be weird not to do them. That shift happens somewhere in someone's journey towards health and fitness where it becomes automatic and it doesn't need to rely as much on willpower. It'd probably be harder for to, to go get me to eat like some weird crap burger because I know it's going to make me feel terrible and I'm so used to feeling great. Not to say I don't ever have those foods. They're slotted in strategically. But this is the journey. We got to get into the dojo and work these things. And it's more important if you're a business person, entrepreneur, I think, than any kind of like whiz bang, new marketing strategy, like those tactics and strategies come and go. This is you optimizing you as the engine of your life. And the inputs yeah. that this body needs are the food, sleep, and the exercise. And, th and those are the things that sustain that kind of effort. Mm -hmm. You know, that those are the things that sustain the ability to be mentally there hundred percent and be able to give your all to these things. And yep. I, I love the way you said it. There, there's going to be resistance to this. Like mm -hmm. your body wants to take the path to least resistance. You have to go against the current of your, your habits now yep. to formulate these new habits and to rewire your mind. Like, like you just said, and it doesn't have to be excruciating, right? At first it, it's just starting mm -hmm. and, and taking those small steps. What would you say to somebody who's, whose identity is not quite there, believing that they can be a fit father or fit mother. And, and how do they begin? How do they, how do they start this, this journey of evolving into a healthier person? For sure. I think the nice thing about like getting healthy is there's like an order of operations of some things are more important than other things. Like there's a hierarchy of importance. It's like on the pyramid itself, the base stuff is more foundational and we build layers on top of it. Mm. Like the mindset is both, you can do this work consciously. Like you sit down for 30 minutes and reflect on all the things or replay this podcast and journal. Like that's a very good and powerful step. But the mindset is also created and shaped by early wins and actions. And when it comes to someone who actually has body fat to release and has weight to lose, the cool thing is you can create wins very quickly. Like with one week, of good, healthy eating without like necessarily even getting into the gym and killing it or buying fancy supplements, you can lose three to five pounds. And that is massively motivating to see that you can create early wins that quickly when it comes to weight loss. And you can repeat that iteratively. If you have a lot of weight to lose, you could stay on that clip for a good amount of time. And so the way to actually start to move the body into greater health is one to understand, and this is going to be our pit stop on sleep, that sleep is one of the most underappreciated, but now getting more airtime aspects of health. Like it is our body and our brain's chance to basically go into full restoration mode. Our brain literally cleans itself of all these metabolic byproducts that build up from all the thinking, the activity when we sleep. Our body releases human growth hormone, which regenerates all our tissues. We're not eating, so we're releasing stored body fat. We're regenerating our tissues in our cells. And if we don't sleep and we're missing core sleep, and this is why it's part of that, core foundation, we're basically pushing a giant ball uphill. 
Because what they found from the research studies is they'll put two match groups on diets, calorie-restricted diets. One group sleeps adequately. The other group, I think, gets around four or so, four or five hours of sleep, just not enough sleep. And the group that's not sleeping, they not only lose less weight, but the weight they lose gets predominantly comes from muscle tissue and not fat. And they're on the same diet. They're just getting different sleep inputs. So sleep is this master regulator of both our mood, our ability to process food and carbohydrates, and our neurochemistry. So I guess I would say, like in a good naturopathic approach, one of the key aspects of the kind of medicine I do is remove obstacles to cure. And one of the obstacles to cure in allowing the body to naturally regenerate like it is, is poor sleep. So anything you do to improve your sleep, which is a mix of probably like improving your sleep environment, making a cooler, darker, better sleep hygiene with like having habits around when you go to bed, getting technology out of the room and just like more discipline or anything, listening to sleep, audio, binaural beats, like whatever, anything you do to optimize the quality of your sleep is going to be a huge needle mover. I would rather have someone on like a B minus diet with good and good adequate sleep than getting like C minus or D sleep on an A level diet. It's just like sleep is that foundational. So I'm sure you have a comment on that. And then we'll kind of get into nutrition, which is the other part of that bottom foundation. Yeah, man, I, I see that. And I've done that compromising the sleep. Like, oh, I work out enough. I'm, I'm eating healthy. Like I could do four hours. I could do five hours. But no, as I'm learning, as I'm talking to you and, and other experts, it's like you can't, you can't recreate what your body does in, when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. From, you know, like you, it's just so essential that it's not a... If I have time for it, I'll do it type of thing, which I've yeah. done in the military. And I know military, there's some sometimes where you can't, you have to compromise. But I think it's like more often than not, you need to be getting the right sleep. And it's so it's so powerful, man. And I wanted to ask you because it just came up on mine. I know we're about to go into the nutrition aspect. Um, but I've I've observed when my time of being in the military, because... Uh, when I was on deployment, we had a very structured eating time. It was yeah. every eight hours there was a meal when we're on uh, underway on underwater, uh, because that's the shifts. Every shifts changed every eight hours. So uh, I would eat, you know, when I wake up, do my eight hour shift, eat after the shift, and then I wouldn't eat again until my next time waking up. So it ended up being about sixteen hours of mm-hmm. fasting uh, if I didn't eat anything until uh, the next time. Uh, what would you? What's your uh, views on intermittent fasting, and how does it affect like your metabolic health? For sure. Well, here's what we know: is like eating and the times that we eat and the gaps between meals are like so important for our sleep habits and in training our whole circadian rhythm. And unfortunately for people, like there is a right answer. And what I mean by that is the human machine is designed to be in contact with the light cycles of the sun. Like all life on this planet, we are entrained to the circadian rhythm is driven by how the sun rises and then the sun sets. And our eyes literally sense this light, create different levels of neurochemistry and kick off a whole bunch of different reactions that trigger either metabolic activity or metabolic rest. And we've heard the conversation of light goes down at night, we release melatonin. This prepares us for bed. Whereas in the light in the morning, when it hits our eyes, it goes into an area of the brain called the suprachiasmatic nucleus. And we produce serotonin, which helps us feel better. It also blunts the morning cortisol, gets our metabolic engine ready to receive food. So there is benefit to not eating a ton of food very, very late at night 
Like the, the late night eating is very disruptive of sleep and circadian rhythm. We're meant to eat most of our food during a time when there's more light out there. And then the idea of fasting is it's so powerful. Like our bodies are also not meant to be in a constantly fed state. That is a cultural thing that we've kind of like done where there's like three square meals a day. And look, that can work. People can totally be healthy if you control your calories on a breakfast, lunch, snack, dinner kind of scenario. Yet we do know from physiology that there's always a balance between fasting and feeding. And mm -hmm. if we want to be fed with the right kinds of nutrients, but have longer fasting windows, when we're in a deeper fasted state, the body gets a chance to get into catabolic metabolism. where We break down fat tissue and it'll release those fatty acids that we burn for energy. We also break down all these metabolic byproducts that happen when we just do everyday living, like just life, a cell doing activity, just like we do activity in our homes. Garbage is produced and garbage needs to be excreted. And it turns out that insulin, the trigger that we get when we, increase, when we ingest proteins and carbohydrates is a signal to actually suppress the cleaning. And so we don't eat for long periods of time and insulin is lower, we get more autophagy. We get more of this cleaning process. And when we look at longevity and now we're getting to more of the longevity science, Fasting is one of the main things that we know that can extend mammalian lifespan period. It leads to profound changes in elevations in growth hormone. It causes the neurons in the brain to regenerate. You get more of those. You can actually become smarter as you age with fasting and the right kinds of things. It allows cells to take out the garbage. It allows cells to, to protect the DNA. So I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting, and there's many ways we can do it. And we'll talk about that as we get into nutrition. It could be a daily 16-8 kind of format. It could be a 24-hour fast once per week. It could be planning multiple day fasts a couple times per quarter to get into this deeper regenerative process for the body. But we do not to be need to be eating all the time. And then the longevity front too, what we know is there's these things that are created from the foods that we eat called AGEs, advanced glycation end products. This is basically where we have sugar in our blood and it's elevated all the time because most people are eating this high carbohydrate, high sugar diet those sugars stick to vital proteins in our bodies and they can cause inflammation and they cause like sticky byproducts. Like we know what sugar is. It's like sticky. Well, that same stuff happens on a very small microscopic level is like when we get things become glycated, they become aged. They don't work as well. And they know that now an individual's level of glycation is going to be determined on how quickly they age. So a benefit of fasting too, is that when you eat, you get a discrete period of feeding the body does its metabolic activity, digestive enzymes take place, sugar rises, amino acids rise, fats rise from the food, all the proper processing takes place, things return back to baseline, you have the stored energy, now let the system ride, let it ride without interruption. But what many people are doing is they're eating constantly every few hours, and you have to basically reawaken this entire process. Okay, body, here's more sugar to deal with. Okay, body, here's more stuff to do it, let alone if those food inputs are just not good. That's just assuming right. we're eating optimal healthy foods. Like that <laughs> process still happens, let alone it's if like they have- Cheeseburgers and Right, all rice. the other BS <laughs> on top of it, right? Which is creating more oxidative damage, metabolic stress. Mm -hmm. So the human mechanism is, 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 is built to fast and feed, and there's many ways to do that. Um, so I guess well, I'll put a quick pause there. Yeah, that is- I've I've noticed that because one thing that I rec recognized was most people was were losing weight in those period the the times we were going underway because uh, I think the the structure of when they were eating meals and most people are forced to to fast unless they wanted to stay up and lose sleep over that last meal but mm -hmm. sometimes you would you know depending if you had a long day most people didn't I know I didn't most of the time so I got the sixteen hours mm -hmm. and everyone everyone lost weight. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's interesting because we're not eating necessarily healthy. We're eating complete meals, but you know, there's still like desserts and there's still things. Some a lot of people weren't even working out, but they were still losing a lot of weight. That's when I started to dive deep into the fasting. Uh, and it's just been an important part of my life. And, yeah. and I feel way better when I'm doing at least 16 hours yep. uh, you know, from the last meal of my day to the next day. Uh, yep. That's like my, where I feel the best at. And I yep. still want to push myself. I used to do 20 hours sometimes. Yep. That was a little harder. Um, but I, I started studying them. And there's so many benefits. The ones you, oh, you just mentioned it. And then thank you for sharing that. Because uh, I, I think a lot of people, they think they have to do like a complete, 360 or not complete 180 from what they're doing right now but they can implement something like this where they learn to stop at a certain time and then have a time period where you you're going to eat the next day and that window allows your body to heal because i yeah i think our bodies are designed to heal itself for sure you know we and that's why i love your your type of uh doctor uh naturopathy because like it, it your body naturally goes into the state of trying to recover <laughs> your your body if you're in your inflammation uh state your body's going to try to heal itself but mm-hmm. usually we <laughs> cause yeah. it again by the next meal exactly uh, it, you know i i always believe that we did not need three meals unless you're super active and healthy and like you're you're an athlete you could eat more but like I mean, it could be different for some people. I'm not going to say everyone should not eat more, you know, three meals. But, like, I never felt I needed to really eat three meals. Mm-hmm. Unless I was super, like, when I was playing football, yeah, I would eat a lot. Yeah. Like, nowadays, it's like, I'm not training to be an Olympic athlete or, you know, body li- weight yes. uh, builder. So, like, I don't need to eat as much as Correct. the media conditions you to eat. And I think that's a lot of advertising and marketing. It is. And and look what's happening, right? Everyone's overweight. And Mm -hmm. also your need to eat food and the number of feedings changes with age. Like when you're young and you're very athletic and you're doing lots of sports and you have hormones raging, like more feeding times, like if hunger is a cue that guides you, like good for that. But like when you get into your like late thirties, forties, let alone fifties, like most people feel better having fewer meals. And you could still do the breakfast, lunch, snack, dinner, and we can kind of look at what that even looks like. But you could even still end that with like breakfast at like seven, lunch at noon, small mini meal at two, three, dinner at six. And you'd still have a period of about, you know, like 12, 13 hours. Like even that has some minor benefits to like eating dinner earlier. It's people who are doing a lot of late night snacking, especially when the sun is down. Because again, there's some circadian aspects of that that you're screwing yourself. So like after it's dinner- unconscious a lot of the time. Uh, yeah, it out is. Out of boredom it, and like- <laughs> Well, part of, and so what happens, right? It's stress. It's an escape. Mm-hmm. Food is one of our, our primary escape mechanisms. It The research studies are so clear. They do functional MRI scans on the areas of the brain that light up when humans take cocaine and, and some of these like very stimulating like reward drugs. And the same areas light up when we get sugar. Like this is the same reward circuit. It just gets like, it's the socially acceptable way and the evolutionary like rooted way. Like sugar is a way for people to effectively like cope with stress and other other, other unhealthy foods. So how does it happen that we find ourselves like unconsciously reaching into a bag of chips or eating ice cream late at night? Well, a couple of things. The ice cream and the chips are in the house, which means we're in the habit of like buying them and introducing to our environment. Two, we're not recognizing that we're having we're basically just doing a stress coping pattern. We have underlying stress or anxiety, which probably comes from like natural sources. Like we have busy lives, 
whatever, there's psychological work we could certainly do to relate to those circumstances differently. And that's powerful because two people could experience the same external circumstance and have a completely different relationship to it and physiologic response from it. So there's the psychological component of that for sure. But there's also ways that with this healthy lifestyle that you can make your body more resilient to stress and create better outlets for stress. So maybe it's no longer the chips and that's replaced with, you know, some other kind of like habit practice. Maybe it is listening to music, drinking tea, you know, doing some kind of journaling, going on an evening walk, exercise. Like there's many different ways, but if we're currently resolving our stress pressure release valve with food of the unhealthy comfort variety, like that's digging a deep hole that we're going to need to pay for sooner or later. Yeah, man, this is, this is so good because you're covering like all these aspects that people are, if they're just listening, you just go back and re-listen because there's so much in here that could really change the dynamic of someone's life and in, in its entirety from like the, the lifestyle aspect of disease nowadays is just so crucial. I, I studied a lot of heart disease after my, my father, uh, I mean, not my father, but my uncle and yeah. my uncle's sister too. They both died of heart disease and I've seen a lot in my family uh, and it, it's just like, it's it's rooted in a lot of this that we're talking about here. And it's the yeah. leading cause of death, as far as I know, last time I checked, in America, yes, it, is. it still is. It could, because so many people, and we're no, no one really talks about it as much because it's like, you know, steak is convenient and hamburgers and all you know, the things yeah. that uh, we like to eat. So well, how how do we really look at nutrition? Because I, it's it's baffling that nutrition is as as confusing as it is nowadays mm -hmm. <laughs> like it it doesn't i don't think it is when you look at it from like a holistic na natural point of view like what's natural yes like what what comes from the ground <laughs> naturally yeah. and the benefits of those things and the, the hydration of fruit and vegetables mm -hmm. and stuff like that so so tell us how do we clear this clutter of what's good for you and what's not and what should we eat and why is keto a terrible idea and why is it not and you know what what do we eat doc yeah and i mean it's rightfully so like a confusing landscape just want to like emphasize that right now for many many reasons one is there is an individual difference with like people do different do well on different types of diets like there are good guiding principles that i will share in the next few minutes that i think are holistic and transcend any particular dogma. And we'll get into like what I actually recommend to people to do. This is like this, this midline approach that includes a lot of these things, but people have individual differences. And I think there's a lot of like different health influencers and pundits who feel really good on a particular kind of thing that yell from the rooftops, rightfully so that this is what helped them. And, you know, so there's that kind of constant noise. This is why there are people saying it's like this plant-based diet is everything for me. It's been phenomenal. And there's other people over here, like I only eat steak and eggs and I feel so good. Right. So there's like a little bit of noise. And then you layer on the layers of food politics, particularly over the last hundred years of a lot of the financial interests. This is completely tied to big agriculture, the kind of products that we produce, let alone the consumerism and a lot of the science behind all that. Like we have food that's produced not just for nutrition, but to get people to eat more of it to hyper palatable foods, the introduction of the high fructose corn syrup and all this stuff. So it's like it's a big, deep landscape about why it's confusing. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully simplify it in the next few minutes as best I can in the time that we do have. I believe when it comes to nutrition, like we should think of it as a day, not in terms of like what foods are good and what foods are bad, but like we have a fresh new day in front of us. Like how do we win this day? How do we nourish our bodies? Mm -hmm. And the first thing that our bodies need in the morning 
is to rehydrate, like period. Like hydration and good quality, clean water is one of the most vital aspects of nutrition. Like, like you said, you can go a long period of time without eating and you actually feel quite good because the body has these regulating mechanisms where it doesn't need food all the time, but it does need good fluids. Our cells, the inside of our cells, the cytoplasm is made mostly up of water. Our blood that carries all these vital nutrients in our oxygen-rich red blood cells needs water. Water is vital. So 20 to 32 ounces of water within the first 30 minutes of waking up is, is, is massively important and not enough people are rehydrating well. If you want to do even better, I would add minerals to that water, some kind of salts. So it could be pink Himalayan salt, Celtic sea salt, an electrolyte powder that doesn't have a lot of BS in it, trace mineral drops, get a hydration mineralization routine first thing in the morning. So many benefits to that. One, it can give you energy, gets the digestive tract moving, can help with like moving your lymphatic system, which have been stagnant throughout the, the sleeping time when you're not moving. But also it is a psychological bit of like a, a prayer and a blessing that today I'm starting this day with something I know my body absolutely needs. No matter what happened yesterday, here's my water. Let's get going. So it's like a behavioral hook. The water is drink good water. Now, where when you have your first meal, I think it's going to be up to each individual person based on when you work out, if you work out, if you're hungry in the morning, if you're not, are you feeding kids in the morning? And it just finds that like is the time that you're going to do it. When we have people come into our Fit Father or Fit Mother programs, one of the things we do in our meal plan is we don't tell them this is when you need to eat. We give you five different meal timing schedule setups and we let you pick the one that's going to have the least amount of friction in your life. So some of them might be like the eight noon, three, six o'clock, seven o'clock plan. That's like the three meals per day. Other might be a 16-8 intermittent fasting where you you know eat within an eight-hour window. That eight-hour hour window could start at breakfast early and you just have a really early dinner, or it could be shifted back where you have dinner at six and you start eating, let's just say around you know noon or or 10, 10 30 or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, and there's also like night shift or third shift. Like a lot of people have jobs where you know you don't always have the regular schedule. And so you need to have a nutrition structure that fits that. Um, I will say. For the purpose of this discussion, let's talk about the 16-8 fasting plan. Many people can do that, and it is beneficial metabolically. So you have your water. I think that the things that you drink are super important, and most people for good health should simplify the number of fluids and types of fluids they put into their bodies. I would say herbal teas, green teas, black teas, always get of high quality, are great. There are a lot of beneficial phytonutrients in teas, matcha tea, green tea. These things are positively associated with longevity, have a lot of good compounds. Coffee. Certain people do good with the coffee, certain people don't. I think the research is clear that coffee can be an inclusive part into a longevity plan. You just don't want to throw a lot of BS in it. I oh, personally do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I personally don't drink coffee, but I'd say like probably 90% of people that follow our programs do. It's the stimulative choice of the Western world. And it's like, it has benefits, like if you want to have that, but you can have those things in the morning, non-caloric beverages. You do not want to be having sugary beverages. You want to avoid artificial sweeteners and beverages because that stuff does disrupt your gut microbiome. These microbes are just so helpful for us. And they have just a weird sweet taste that constantly triggers our brain to expect sugar and stuff like this. So you hydrate first thing in the morning. Now, that first meal of the day, whether it comes at, let's just say, 7 o'clock or at 11 a.m. in the morning, um, needs to be standardized. And it needs to be a meal that you don't need to think about. It is your go-to meal number one. It's a thing that you have regularly. And I'm not saying you just need one option. Maybe you have two, maybe three, but you have a go-to best-in-slot option there. And what works really well for people is to get a combination of these things. 
proteins for those amino acids that we need for energy, for recovery, for all that. And there's a couple great breakfast protein options. You need to have healthy fats, which are great for energy as well, and they stabilize your blood sugar. Ideally, you're getting some good fiber and some good phytonutrients along with lots of vitamins and minerals. So like, think about this morning meal as getting all the good stuff in in a delicious, quick, convenient way that doesn't have a lot of digestive stress. Because oftentimes when we eat meals that are too heavy, we've all felt like the experience of even if it was healthy food, we feel like tired and heavy in the morning, like later after that. We don't want that in the morning. We want to feel light and clean. So foods that typically work well for people are making power smoothies or shakes. So this could be like some kind of clean protein powder with some organic berries in it. It could have some kind of milk. You know, we can get into the nuance of like dairy versus plant-based milk if you'd like. It could have some hemp seeds, chia seeds, cacao, some super greens powder. Like you could make something up that you actually love, that tastes delicious, that only takes like five minutes to make, has the right number of calories, vitamins, minerals, maybe some MCT oil. And like, I have specific recipes that I can share if we want to get that granular, but like a power shake is a good option. Another good option is like eggs, egg-based recipes. Eggs are a very misunderstood food. People got really confused about the idea of dietary cholesterol and how that actually affects like blood cholesterol patterns. Like there are certain people with genetic uh, heart disease factors. Like you may actually have some in your family. I don't know if you've done the blood work, LP little a, or some of these other things. But there, and that might that might steer you in some in some case. But by and large, I said the majority of the people can benefit from a at least one, two, or three high quality eggs, and it actually can actually improve your LDL patterns, where it's not just like your total cholesterol, but the type of fluffiness versus density of those LDLs. But like eggs are great; they have the fat soluble vitamins, they have the choline, which is good for your brain health, and obviously they're rich in the protein from the egg white. So eggs and fruit could be a really nice kind of option. Eggs and greens. You can make a frittata kind of thing. You can make some kind of omelet kind of thing. Those are all like fair options and something that you find a lot of places throughout the world. People have eggs for breakfast and there's benefit of that. There's also completely plant-based options. You could do like some kind of overnight power oatmeal or oatmeal. We get some steel cut oats, hemp seeds, blueberries, cacao nibs, like cinnamon in there. Throw some other kinds of superfoods and like completely plant-based option And it could be loaded with protein, healthy fats, fibers, all the things I mentioned. But the key thing is that you find what fits your palate, your food preferences, and you get that best in slot item for meal number one. And I think this is a perfect time to ask you as a healthy guy, do you have a go-to breakfast? Do you have something you pretty much go to the majority of the time? Most of the time now, it's eggs and uh, avocado. There you go. Okay, so like (laughs) super, super, right? So the eggs are giving you the proteins and healthy fats from the yolk. The avocado also giving you a lot of the vitamins and minerals, the healthy fats. Like that meal is not going to be like that much volume of food, but like it's probably going to keep you full for a good long time. Because that egg avocado meal, do you have a half or a full avocado? I usually have a full one. Full avocado and how many eggs? Uh, it depends. I usually have like anywhere from three to five. There you go. I'm feeling. And sometimes so, I have Ezekiel bread if I have it, you know, to make it like an avocado toast. But I've been trying to limit the amount of carbs because I've been eating a lot of rice. Yeah. Stuff like that. (laughs) But like, that's an awesome kind of breakfast style. You kind of modulate your carbs and like you're auto-regulating a little bit. But like that breakfast you had probably has, I don't know, about 40 grams of of healthy fats are going to keep your blood sugar really stable and energy levels good. You may or may not have carbs with that, which is totally fine either way. From that amount of eggs, you're going to get your like 30 to maybe up to, you know, if you have six eggs, yeah, let's just say 30 to 45 grams of protein in there. Like, that's awesome. 
So you're getting the proteins, the minerals, the vitamins from the yolk, the vitamins and minerals from the, the avocado, like solid best in slot breakfast. What I love about that too, is you can get that anywhere. No matter where you travel in the world, you can go to a restaurant, you say, you give me three eggs and give me an avocado, please. They can do that. And it's also not a problem necessarily either, especially when you're leaner and you're healthier to have some fruit in the morning, to have something right. like this. Because the fruit and certain fruits are better than others. There's actually a hierarchy in terms of which fruits have the beneficial of more vitamins and minerals and the right kind of fiber. Like these things feed our gut microbiome. Like they 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 live off the fiber in, in certain kinds of fruits and vegetables. So it could be a nice thing to actually start your day off with a little bit of a, a single serving of some kind of fruit. Berries are great options. Kiwis are great no, options. I got to tell you, frozen blueberries are one of my favorite things in life. Yeah, right? How good <laughs> are those? And uh, interesting of note to optimize your blueberry game in case you're not uh, on that, there's a difference between like the wild blueberries and then the, the conventional ones. If you can get the wild ones, those little guys, they're a lot more concentrated in those uh, those proanthocyanins, the things that make them blue that are so good for us, the pigmented stuff, like good on the little guys. But yeah, blueberries, bomb, right? Everyone, yeah. most people like, like those. That could be thrown in a shake. Mm -hmm. You could throw blueberries in coconut yogurt. Uh, you could have like, I think it's a cool idea for people, especially modern people, to get like some kind of uh, protein powder or protein supplement that's clean that you like. It could be whey dairy-based. I personally use plant-based protein, but they're all good. But like have one around your house is a good utility tool. Want to boost a little bit of protein up here? Cool. You know, want to use it post-workout? Cool. It's just like a good tool. That also helps people just eat less in general. Because like you said, yeah. if, if you start off with a, a nice healthy shake like you mentioned… I know I get full if I make a healthy shake. Like I'm yep. not even hungry, you know. Yep. So and it's a lot less in calories than eating like a sandwich Heck or yeah. something, you know. And over time, if you're doing that for a month or two, you're going to lose weight. You're going to start shedding yep. pounds because you're not eating as much uh, by replacing that meal with a healthy smoothie. And you're getting all the other vitamins and you know nutrients from fruits and veggies that you're probably not eating on a daily basis, but you can 100%. just drink it quickly. So check this out. If we if we did like a scoop and a half of some kind of protein powder, some organic almond milk. We threw in two or three tablespoons of chia seeds. We threw in two or three tablespoons of hemp seeds. Uh, we threw in about a cup of some berries and we threw in some organic cacao powder and we blend that up. One, I know it tastes delicious. Like that it just, good. it straight does. <laughs> but two, literally that is loaded with protein with full spectrum amino acids it's loaded with fiber from the chia seeds, the hemp seeds, and the blueberries. It's loaded with those protective compounds from the blueberries. They're great for your brain, your circulation. Omega-3 fatty acids from the hemp seeds and the chia seeds. More protein from the hemp seeds, like a ton of other phytonutrients. The cacao is a powerful antioxidant. It's got a bunch of minerals. It's got magnesium in it. Like You just got all those things without needing to know any of that stuff just by blending up like a power shake. Like, let's go. Yeah. That's awesome. And you could use that for a meal replacement too. So that's always a good go-to option. And it's also easy to digest. So meal one, standardize that. And I actually think the benefit is to standardize if you have a lunch or a meal two, standardize that as well. Because I believe in nutrition, we're always balancing the force of consistency and variety. And I think dinner is a time to actually have more variety. And the first couple of meals when we're in the big process of our days, we're in the rhythm, is to be very, very consistent. So the lunch could be, on protein on greens kind of scenario. It could become a salad kind of thing. It could be we just fast and we shift back 
and we don't even need that lunch. It mm-hmm. could be leftovers from a healthy dinner where we're having, you know, a side of some kind of carbohydrate, like let's say rice or sweet potatoes with a bit of a, a protein, high quality protein with a side of some vegetables. Like we call that a perfect plate, half plate veggies, quarter protein, quarter carb. It could be anything like that. It could even be a sandwich recipe. We recommend Ezekiel bread sandwiches. We have like thousands of guys who've lost tons of weight, who have six pack abs, who are eating Ezekiel bread, which is a sprouted organic bread. It's so good. Um, So imagine like turkey avocado Ezekiel bread sandwich or pesto chicken Ezekiel bread sandwich. Like each one of those Ezekiel breads has like 15 grams of carbs, a bunch of cool fiber, good protein in it. You throw two slices of that as like 30 grams of carbs. You load that thing up with some protein. You're going to get like a 35 gram protein sandwich and you're eating sandwiches and you're still like locked in and feeling great. Like that's awesome. Like I'm a huge fan of that. No, it's so powerful, man. I I know we could talk about nutrition for for hours because it, it is it is a there's a lot of variety there's a lot of things we could do there's endless things we could do and i just urge everyone to take the time to really look into this and and talk to you know dr balduzzi about you know what what's better for you in this moment and then that when you start doing those little things like if you slept a little bit longer and you started your first meal with something healthy you're going to feel a little bit better mentally and physically uh, and then that's going to compound over time and you once you fight that resistance off in the in the beginning and it, it becomes easier your palate begins to change and I, it now, does dude I, I at first i didn't like blueberries that much they were yeah. just like all right but now it's like i crave it you know yeah and, and your, your palate really does change like it, it's, i want to add yeah. i want to add to like two like as i know like for the purpose of time you know you're right we could talk about this for another couple hours a couple other like tiny quick hitters that i think are important in nutrition When you said find the things that you like and work for your body, there are two signs that I want people to start paying attention to. One, the quality of your poop. Your poop should come out, be well-formed, and not require a lot of wiping. Like, we'll still wipe your butt, cool, whatever. But like, like, it should be like not something where there's like mess, smear, sludgy, or constant digestive issues. If you're having that, something is coming into your system that is causing some degree of inflammation or there's some dysregulation in your gut microbiome. Like there's some food you're eating that's not serving you well. The other big sign is if you eat certain kinds of foods and you get mucus production, immediately you start, you feel like you need to clear your throat or you feel like you need to blow your nose. This is your body telling you legitimately, we have encountered something that our this immune system perceives as foreign and we are creating mucus to help bind it up. And food allergies are a thing. Food sensitivities are a thing. We all have them uniquely. Um, And so figure out what kinds of foods. Dairy happens to be a food that is problematic for many people, not all, but some people. It's something to look out to. Soy, corn, wheat. So like pay attention to these common allergens. If you notice you're bloated, poops are weird or any of that stuff. Now that's one of the quick hitters. The next next quick hitter is, I believe it's important for us to have best in slot healthy snacks and healthy desserts. Cause it's not like you're never going to have a dessert again, or that you have to like go from this podcast and never have, you know, some sweet after (laughs) dinner, but like, could you slide in something that's just like way better? So for example, on the dessert front, frozen organic berries with, you know, like some coconut yogurt option. There is like these coconut ice cream bars that are actually delicious. They're like, you know, coconut bars and they're dipped with like some chocolate on there. And they actually have low sugar ones that legit have like only like one or two grams of sugar, like crazy cool. 
They're like 150 calories, 100 calories. Like, what if you just swapped out the fact that you normally have the pint of Ben and Jerry's and now you have something that's like better? That is a massive win. You're still doing the same things you would, but now instead of that time you have that craving and you mm -hmm. consciously say, okay, I actually am going to act on this and have something. Now you have something in your fridge that's better that you can actually like use. And the same thing with snacks. Most snacks are bullshit, right? All the, the yeah. chips, the candies, the cookies, the things like that. But there are now so many healthy options out there that can fit the bill. So if you even just like audit your snack pantry and like throw out the majority of things, but then get best in slot things, you have a healthier chip you try that you end up liking, or you get a nut mix, or you get some go-to protein bars, bars that are not bad, or you get some jerkies and some fruit, like whatever it is, get your go-to snacks, decide what those are, and make those regimented. Because like no matter when you travel and you go, those can be a carry through line with you because a lot of people get disrupted when they're away from home. But like that snack, that thing can become like a, a consistent thing. So like for you, you do the egg and avocado thing. Regardless of where you're in the world, if you had your go-to snack picked out and you got your egg avocado, you could like replicate at least half of your routine yeah. basically anywhere. And if you order like you know, healthy-ish on the menu, there's always like the healthy option on the menu, you know, whatever that is, and you're set. You can do it anywhere. Yeah. So it's like location thing's not exactly an excuse anymore. And then sometimes it's just like, if I can't find it, I could fast longer. Right. <laughs> I could just, you know, push myself, drink a lot of water and just fast or have a, yes. a black coffee and, and fast. But man, do, do real quick about dessert. The frozen banana with cacao powder. That's it. Dude, <laughs> if you want to throw a little peanut butter in there, game changer. <laughs> that's it. And I say if like, so that that's real, like do that. And um, and the bananas are interesting because like bananas have like a very visible life cycle that many of us see, you know, they start off green and then they eventually get more ripe and then eventually they get mottled and like really dark and spotty. The best time to eat a banana, I know I'm getting kind of technical, is when it's like still kind of green transitioning to yellow. That's when it has like the kind of fiber called uh, fructooligosaccharides that your probiotics love. Those gut bacteria, they love that kind of like fiber. And after the banana gets even more ripe, those fibers actually disintegrate and they become sugar alcohols. And that's not an ideal thing to eat. So it's like, you don't want the banana, it's really mushy. So if you got those like green tip bananas, chop those suckers up. And I'm sure you mix your cacao powder in there and like drizzle that stuff so on there and freeze those suckers. A couple of those, like, hey, you can still live your life. Yeah, you think like you can't eat dessert, but man, I'm telling you, frozen bananas with some, or mixed in with some, you know, a little bit of milk and some cacao powder, you got a good milkshake right there that's nice. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, oh man, we, we're going, uh, I, I, I'm loving the everything we're talking about. It's something I'm super passionate about and I could totally see how passionate you are about it. Um, and obviously, if you're listening to this, you, you, you see how much, how vast this topic is. And there's so much that goes into it. I mean, uh, you could write a book about just the sleep aspect and not alone, just the, the fasting aspect, the nutrition aspect, uh, all of them and how they come together to make a healthy man and a healthy woman. But I, I want to ask you, because uh, I, I tend to ask this a little bit more often now, but what, what does it mean to you to be a conqueror? I always get I think, a different answer. And, and no, you know, <laughs> no, I like it. No, I like it. I, I, think, I think it means like you must have the vision for like what your worthy fight is. Mm. Like how do you conquer something without the goal, the destination? Like you've mapped out territory. You know where you want to go. You're not there yet, but you're willing to like 
rally the forces in terms of your will and an external resource needed to again apply that with intelligence and persistence to like go get something done. And I suppose like there's many things and many examples in history of people that have conquered externally, very much so by like taking legit territory or waging war. But ultimately, I think what we're trying to do is in the deepest aspects of ourselves, we're looking to bring forward whatever we feel inside is like our highest self, our greatest expression, the thing that's on the other side of a resistance pattern, the things that's in the other side of some amount of fear. And so is it not like that we are kind of self-conquering? We're conquering the self that was as we evolve into this greater next version. And I don't know if there's any better dojo than than the body. It's just so tangible. It's right there. You get to show up every day to a workout and push yourself into a boundary. That is conquering. You get to understand that we are human and we have these different desires and nudges for certain kinds of foods and not wanting to do things. And you can choose to do it instead. That is conquering. And in the process, the gifts that you get from that is energy, clarity, strength, magnetism, and power that then you can go apply to conquer anything externally in your life. So to me, it's like, this is the life journey, man. I just think it's like the word conquer is, is, is really taking it through the lens, I guess. Now we'll get a little archetypal of both the king and the warrior. It's like it's it's one who who can see these virtues and also apply them in battle. And the battle, as you know, is 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 on the inside. And so I hope that's been a resonating message in this conversation. Dude, that that's like the definition of this podcast, how you just described it. And dude, from the the quote that named this podcast, the first and best victory is to conquer self. And it, it begins with everything we talked about here, everything that you share and all the content that you create about. Uh, your mind, your body, uh, and and putting it all together in a healthy way, it, it's it's brilliant, man. And and the greatest gift uh, we can give is our time. And you did that here with me and the listeners. So thank you so much, Doctor Babuzi. It's been thank you, bro. Such a privilege, man. And I I love I love talking about this stuff, and I love learning, and I'm learning so much from you. And I'm gonna go back and re-listen and take notes myself uh, because there's things I I can always adjust, right? And like you said, it's a journey. It's it's to, every day is a new day. Every moment's a new moment. How can you win this moment? You know, every meal you could take as a, yeah. a challenge for yourself or an opportunity to conquer it. And 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 how can I win this moment and be healthier uh, and o- over time? And you you know, I might not see it overnight, but I know you can attest that over time, you're doing these little these shifts yeah. in life. You're going to see beautiful changes, and you've helped thousands and thousands of people across the world with this stuff. So if you want to learn more about this, uh, where do people reach you at and how can they be a part of your program, the Fit Father program, the Fit Mother yeah. program, or just get your, your get some of your time and attention if they want to really sit down with you and your team and, and how, how can they get some, some one-on-one help from you? Here's what I would say, you know, and, and thank you again for creating the frame of this conversation that I also felt was like really powerful and aligned. And I think this was a, a good job of, getting the trajectory of the inner game and some of the outer game stuff. And of course, like the outer game, I'm referring to the tactics of these different pillars of stuff that we kind of touched upon on a high level. Like our YouTube channel is Fit Father Project. Like if you just want to like go get deep into these categories then go to our actual channel page, 
obviously subscribe. I think we have over 500 yeah. videos and then you can sort by, we have playlists. You can like get deep into the workout aspect or the sleep aspect or the nutrition aspect. So if you want to do that, that's a good way to learn. Um, if you want to like take action and actually get started with our programs, then Fit Father Project, you can type that in in Google or you can actually just go to fitfatherproject.com. That's where we host everything. That's where we have, you know, our case studies, our actual programs you can join. We have program tracks for both weight loss and muscle building uniquely. Um, and we have a supplement line as well, a bunch of cool things. So Fit Father Project, Google, YouTube, or the direct website would be the best way to find us. And I'll say this, if you directly listen to this podcast, you got a ton of value and like you do hop on YouTube, make a comment and, and tell us that you came from this particular podcast. Cause like, we'd love to know and be really cool to get a shout out from your specific listeners that are coming to hang out with us on YouTube. And again, bro, appreciate it. I mean, this is like really powerful work to be able to be intimate, you know, in this kind of powerful conversation. And I know someone benefited from this. So that makes my heart happy. Yeah. It makes my heart happy too. And it's so beautiful to see. I didn't mention it in the beginning, but uh, you're 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 channeling your body and your mind to the habits early on in your young life when your father wasn't around. Super powerful. And I just want to touch that real quick before we end because a lot of people, when they lose a father figure, if they don't have a father figure, they could fall off the rails and they can experiment with drugs and do these things that kind of take them away from themselves and taking care of their bodies and their temple and and really making the most out of their life. So I just want to honor you for amazing man that you've become in an amazing programs and the content you create because that it's it's not easy right like you you've came from a, a challenging childhood into what you've created now and i know the work to get even your your studies and your degrees and all the things man you you've done an amazing job and you're such an inspiration to young men out there that they don't have to be a victim to the circumstance that they can't control but how to really take control and and make uh, a beautiful thing out of their life and create something that truly impacts people around the world. So thank you for everything. Love you it, do. bro. Appreciate it. Those land, those words land for me. Thank you so I much. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. That is all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you found any value in this episode, someone you know will also. Please share, subscribe, leave a rating and review so we can reach more people. Have a farther ripple and a larger impact. Stay grateful. I appreciate you. And remember, you are a conqueror.